0: welcome 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 everybody we got a soundboard uh this is kyle uh we got a
1: soundboard that's all i got that's all i need
2: this is nick and we've officially sold out
1: and i'm brent and it's episode 19 and 19 is my favorite number it's my favorite number too 100
0: because when we were in like middle school or something everybody's like what's your favorite number and i'm like I don't know. And then you're like 19. I'm like, sure. I'll go with 19.
1: That's the
2: way to do it.
0: Right. I, I know another number. I... Nick, what's your favorite number? Three. Why three?
2: Uh, everything that makes the most sense to me comes in threes. And generally I like the shape of a triangle and uh, it's incredibly sturdy as far as uh, supports got a tripod uh, as far as structural integrity, but uh, for whatever reason, three just sticks out to me. It's a number that makes sense, and anything related to three makes a whole lot of sense.
0: So bicycles are a no-go for Nick?
2: It, no, it might strictly be, tricycles.
1: It might be that, that time of night, or I don't know what, but when I when you said three, like the first thing I thought of was threesome, and I, I don't know. It's a family program, but
2: that was what just it is a family
1: program. program. Is it, to... is it? Is yeah, it?
2: But... I don't know that we have a genre. We, we need more. We need more followers and likes before we have a defined genre. Right. We're if, very if much you know our still, genre, still figuring it out. Our but then we should.
1: I mean, we should just sell out then. Just go for it. I, I guess yeah. Sex sells. Sex if, we're selling,
2: if we're selling out, I don't know who's buying, but sure. Oh, I know
0: who's buying. It's not working. Uh, Priest, not working. Please tell. I right, ready, guys. Let's do this,
2: Leroy, 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 Leroy. Leroy. Leroy.
1: Leroy.
0: That's okay. who's selling out.
2: Yeah, I yeah,
1: I heard Leroy. That, that Leroy Jenkins things actually was a like a recreation or an act. Like the famous video is all a lie, and it might have happened, but most likely it's so. Uh,
2: Don't tell me it, it didn't actually happen, uh, and it didn't happen exactly like that.
1: I'm sure there was, like, an initial idea of somebody ran in, but there's no way he was, he was, uh, Q. Q the
0: Leroy Jenkins. Nice, oh, ready, guys?
2: Leroy! No, they did fake it. And, uh, it was to make fun of, you know, all those situations where you're doing that kind of stuff, and it just, uh, you have somebody who ruins Hours of prep and hard work. For sure.
1: So we we're getting all these new sounds. uh, Zarbus news. Kyle. That's what we got. New we sound. got what we got.
0: That we got, is the news. We got a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: what else do you need? What what? Why are we getting sounds? What is this? What is this? What, is, what? What's this magic?
0: Hey, I paid eight whole dollars for this soundboard. Probably overpaid. You, Probably you overpaid. For something that you could get online or something for free, but I, I invested eight dollars into the soundboard, so I'm going to use this thing and abuse it as much as possible.
2: I uh, say Zara Bust will definitely reimburse oh, you when yay! we start making money.
1: <laughs> That'll be our first thing. Our <laughs>
0: first, first thing, maybe. first thing ever. Reimburse Kyle at eight dollars for the soundboard. It's been invaluable since
1: implementation. Exactly. So far, so far, we gotta get the timing down with a little bit. That's to be. Are you saying the timing better. is off?
0: Yeah, what are you saying about my soundboarding skills?
2: It's it's a work in progress. You're saying it's like my first
0: time on the soundboard? Come on, give me a break
2: here. I mean, it takes practice, but
0: like, like what?
2: (laughs) I hope it comes through louder during like the normal podcast. Yeah, it will. It'll it'll come
0: out at the same volume. You
2: hear it basically at all. Yeah, like I can vaguely hear some odd like pop culture reference, and I'm like, what? I bet you're
1: killing it. Yeah, I'm. I'm killing it. You guys just can't. Yeah, you're probably. Perfect. For those that I, don't know I the pod, apologize.
0: like the the pod the uh, podcast soundboard thing, I have is just coming through my like desktop speakers, and that's how they're hearing it. So yeah, it's not ideal. We'll we'll figure something out. We'll, we'll get this to work. It's well, eight dollars. Well, it's got to be able to do right, it, right?
1: That's on our list. Well, um, Kyle, will you join in me? Um, three, two, one. Happy birthday, birthday to Nick. Nick. Happy,
0: birthday Happy birthday to you. Okay, the thought is greatly appreciated. Happy this birthday, is a birthday, birthday to Nick. No, we're finishing it. Happy birthday, birthday to, to you.
1: Nick. Yeah, we had to. We had to. This
2: was a singing program.
1: Yep. This is my first for a musical. Being exposed a, <laughs> to this. If that's the worst thing I'm exposed to, you, then that's pretty bad. We're doing pretty good. It's horrible. Yeah,
0: t- today is Tuesday, uh, the twenty uh, fifth of September, and therefore uh, today, the day we're recording this, we uh, it's Nick's birthday. So happy birthday, Nick! He's like turning thirty or seventy eight or
2: yeah. something like that. 30, thir- 30 is on the horizon. Yeah, so yeah, how do I keep my anonymity here?
0: Basically, you're old. Upper twenties, upper twenties. There you go. He's over a quarter century.
1: Perfect so how does someone at your age and experience celebrate a birthday in the middle of the week
2: yeah the the club was actually not quite meant to go up on a tuesday so um despite what pop culture and media would share with me about tuesdays um the the club was was not up and thus i'm here no um we (laughs) got together with some friends and and went out for dinner it was a, a very nice evening uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Just kind of a low key yeah, yeah. chill, relaxing evening and um nothing nothing too special. Spend some time with the, the fiance. All all good things.
0: Speaking of the fiance, you guys officially have a date set. Congrats. Thank, Thank you. you Thank forward goodness. to it. They got one the one of them church things and one of, I think you guys are church. Maybe you didn't say church. I don't know. You got the you got the ceremony and the celebration part. It's all you need.
2: Correct. Uh, although we haven't uh, sent Jeez. out to save the dates, so we're gonna refrain from sharing said information at this point in time.
0: I don't remember it, so I'll need one of them to save the dates.
2: That was <laughs> that's point. Cheap.
0: I knew what month month it was, but that's that's about that's it. That's cheap. okay. I don't, Maybe, I don't know. Whatever. Anyhow, close um, enough. So okay, okay. Real quick, I want to touch on my first class experience, part two. Cause I had the flight back to Denver from New York in first oh. class. So I've now officially visited all three New York airports, uh, Newark, uh, JFK, and then LaGuardia. I'm going to screwed up. LaGuardia.
2: LaGuardia. Same
1: thing when I, I listened to you got to have same. Yeah, I, any, yeah, it's bad.
0: Anyhow, but yeah, I went to all three. Uh, JFK is definitely the biggest, oldest, but like it is some of the brand new stuff and some of the really old stuff. You can definitely tell it's kind of like a hodgepodge of we need to expand quick. Add an expansion. It's a little bit of symptom, you know, it's got a little bit of that going. Um, I thought that uh, Newark was, I don't know, seemed pretty nice. I arrived at like five in the morning, so I was definitely a little groggy. But uh, Newark seemed okay. And then LaGuardia, I don't know, they seemed fine to me. Definitely a, excuse me, definitely a smaller airport. But I've heard that people had complaints about like sitting on the runway a long time. I don't know, didn't seem too crazily long to me, but I don't know. But yeah, first class on the way back, it was definitely a newer airplane, so the seat I was in was newer. I was also in A1, which is like the front row instead of the back row against the wall. And yes, like, you know those things where you're like in a rocking clip, in a reclining chair, and you you think you're reclined all the way, and it's like, oh, you go a little more and it kind of freaks you out because you think you're tipping? I, I basically yes. had that happen to me in the first class chair. I was like, oh, dang, like am I going to be the guy behind me's personal space? So yeah, pro tip, if you're picking a first-class ticket, don't pick that back row. And also, <laughs> the first row wasn't ideal either because you couldn't have anything under your feet. So, like, I had to put my backpack above my head. So if I would have had a carry-on and my backpack, I don't really know what the plan would have been. I guess they would just find they'd take up some other class passengers' luggage area. But, like, I had to put the stuff above the th- above my head. And above my head, like, in that first area there, the first, like, chunk of that first thing... Is all like the medical kit and like supplies for the, uh, 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 not waitresses. I can't think of, flight attendants. So a lot of that room Stewardess. is like already taken.
1: <laughs> so so my thought with the reclining, and you're an engineer, Kyle, so you can maybe enlighten me on this. But if you're designing a seat to uh, to go back in a vehicle. Why don't they design it so even if you go back, you're not in the way of whoever is behind them?
0: So they kind of have that in airplane seats. If you look at the seat in front of you, your tray is never actually going to move if they recline. So when you recline, your seat will actually slide forward, and that's what's giving you an angle. You're not really angling back into the person behind you space that much compared to what it feels like.
1: So you can go back and not feel that absolute guilt of I am ruining this person's
0: I think in an airplane, on it's mutually understood between everybody pretty much that everybody's going to recline back as far as they're allowed to. I don't know. I guess I've never sat next to or near somebody in the air, in the airplane. I haven't noticed that they've just kept their seats straight up and down the entire time. It's like the worst thing ever.
1: Oh, I, that's what I do because I always feel bad for reclining in people's. Oh
0: no no no! Lap. And like the the tray is like attached to the base of the thing, so you're reclining doesn't even move their tray. So it's not like if they have stuff on their tray. I guess if they had a laptop with their screen tilted, maybe you could mess that up. But like if they just have like standard stuff like like a cell phone or something on their tray, you're not gonna shake it off or anything.
1: You might have just changed the way I fly. Thank you. That's a, that's a game. Nick, do you recline
0: when you are in an airplane?
2: I try to avoid it at any given time.
0: Really? Am I actually yeah. on this? What's that? You avoid
2: reclining? I, I do. I think it's rude to uh, the other the other passengers.
0: Yeah, I don't think you recline as much as you think you do.
2: Gonna, uh, I've there. had people recline in front of me, and it's never been a positive experience, is, is kind of my take. It's, um, as a, a larger man... Uh, not just uh, around the waist, but purely in, in height alone. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's something where y- you notice it's it's taking away space in front of you. And especially when you have the screens or whatever built in for like Delta, and I'm sure the other flights have them as well. When the screen is built into the back of the chair in front of you, and all of a sudden it's tilted 10 to 15 degrees, you tend to notice.
1: Well, if there's a screen though, if there's not a screen, I mean.
2: Right, but you realize if the screen being tilted, if you can notice that, you do realize that it is getting closer to you while tilting that 10 to 15 degrees and you're losing that space. And is it essential space? Is it super bothersome? No, but it's a minor annoyance. And I mean, if everyone does it, great. If no one does it, great. When you're in between, somebody's losing ground and I tend to not be a huge fan. Not that I, you know, try and judge or say I'm better than anyone who does recline. I just typically choose not to.
0: Well, I am not intending to be a jerk of any kind, but just know if you fly with me and you're behind me, I will be reclining my seat as far as it will let me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Airplanes are not comfortable
0: and I'm going to lean back and try to get some sleep. Like I I cannot sleep just sitting straight up.
2: Well, if it's a, if it's a long enough flight, okay, that makes sense. But my flights are two hours and and yes. Okay. If it's like a super odd time of the day, if you're flying at six in the morning or flying at 11 at night or, you know, something like that. Okay. If you want to try and get some sleep, go ahead. But, um, I've, I've taken a lot of very normal timed flights and people are trying to sleep. I get it. People have weird schedules and I don't understand, but, um, Unless if you're not sleeping, a lot of people just try and do it just for their own space rather than trying to sleep. And that's oh, yeah. Mine's
1: 100 like. percent sleep. But yeah. All right. So, Cobb, question for you. Um, did you enjoy your first class experience more as like the first time you did it when you were like first class virgin, or the second time on the way back when you're a little bit more experienced and you kind of knew what you're doing?
0: I definitely was more excited for the first time. And after the first time, I'm like, okay, this isn't actually as great as I thought it was going to be. Like, for some reason, I was hoping that I would get one of those planes that has, like, the seats that go all the way down to laying down, especially from, like, Seattle to New York. I thought, you know, maybe that would be a thing for that kind of flight. But no, it was just, like, a standard seat. It was, like, I don't know. Seats wider. I it, it, the, the leg room in front is the main benefit in my mind. And I think in most airlines, you can get uh, – a in-between seat that gives you that extra leg room in front of you.
1: I I have noticed when I've gone on some planes where I'll see a first-class section and I'll look and I'll be like, what's the difference? Or why are they paying so much money just to sit in the front of the plane? Like some, I, I feel like some airlines probably have better first-class experiences than others do, at least from what I've I've noticed.
0: Oh, also I can confirm two out of two times united just gives you a knife with your food so that was that was interesting again anyhow okay the other thing i want to hit on was uh in seattle when we were visiting brent we went into one of the amazon stores that you just like scan a code thing on your phone and you walk in you grab whatever you want you literally just grab it off the shelf and then walk out with it and like that was like that was a pretty weird experience. I know I f- forgot, Brenton, If it was you or my wife, I was like I feel like I'm just stealing things.
1: Yeah, that was Juliana. Um, it definitely felt like you you were because you just. I think I think the weirdest aspect of it is you grab your things and you go, and I think both of you because you you had gotten something I didn't looked at the guy who was standing by the front like, with doe are, eyes. Are we good? Am I doing this right? Am I okay? And the guy was just like. Like go, like come on. You're like you purchased it. You're fine, but both of you were like, "What? Am I? Am I?"
0: I just wonder how many people you could have in that store at once, because like there were sensors and cameras all over the place. I'm sure they probably have like a sensor and camera camera combo thing pointed at every single item, almost. Like it seemed that intense, and I could notice too, because like I initially picked up a pack of strawberries or raspberries, walked around a little bit, and I was like, "Oh, like." There's a couple of them in there that are not quite as nice as the other raspberries in there. So I like put that one back and grabbed another one and when we left. It only did account for the one of them. So it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. But yeah, it's like, it's crazy. let just grab whatever you want off the st- the shelf stores or the store shelves and you're, and you're good.
1: I wish it was, it was more than just a convenience store. Cause you go in and right now it's basically like you're going to uh a 7-Eleven or a, Yeah,
0: it's like a, a gas various, station store for sure. Various,
1: yes, a gas station, a quick trip probably. Um, I don't know if other places have them, but Midwise quick trip. People know that. And I was wondering if, um, you know, it had more stuff in it that you could grab, like things that are a little bit more like what you'd actually buy from Amazon. Right, like, like they had the special Go
0: Amazon Go thing water bottle. I picked up one of those. That thing was overpriced. But it was kind of cool where it's like, oh, it's from the store. Apparently they have like fresh food coming in too. I
2: don't yeah, know. Brent, the comment on the whole, you know, like it was an Amazon store, like it had more stuff. The The only problem with that is the reason Amazon is as successful and, and renowned as they are is they have quite literally everything. If they turn into – your standard ShopCo, if they turn into your standard Walmart, then they're no longer Amazon. They're no longer special. Yes, they have the technol- technology to do some really fancy stuff, but what you love about Amazon is they have everything. What you, you know, they're stating there by saying, oh, I wish it you know had more of everything. It's like, well, then you're just basically going to a Walmart that's labeled Amazon. Which is fine, but I mean you're you're losing you're losing the point of of what it is they're attempting to uh, do with their stores. And uh, although it's really cool with the technology, it, it's not profitable to have a giant location like the locations they have are, are very efficient, very well run, and very specific to a certain set of you know niche fields uh, that that have high turnover in their products whereas everything online the reason there are daily deals is stuff's not moving okay well what if we discounted 24% okay well that jumped up sales to you know x% but we still have you know whatever percent remaining that's not selling okay well up the deal to 60% off listed as the daily deal okay now they're flying off the shelves and we're mm-hmm. good it's, it's just playing that game. But if you have the inventory stored in a, a physical location like that, that's where companies are struggling to turn over their inventory. That They're not selling their products and it's sitting on the shelves and that's costing them money. So that's all the way I too guess, in-depth business approach. But Yeah,
0: if I may, with your point there about the whole business approach, all the stuff in the store was like all stuff you'd want in a hurry. And the whole, I guess the whole layout of the store kind of makes sense for that same thing too. You scan your app quick, you grab what you need and you get out. It it, yeah. it, was, it was very simple. Like all the stuff there was like a quick drink, a quick, small snack bite to eat kind of thing. Gum, like the standard stuff where if I order right now, I can't wait two days. Like I just need it really quick and, you know, want to keep moving with what I'm doing. So I guess kind of to your point, like the, everything in that store was that gas station grab and go like, oh, I got to. I need this. I know that that Amazon will have it and it'll be fast. I can just pop in, grab it, pop out, done. Like moving on to the next thing.
2: Yeah. The reason Amazon has the competitive edge they do is because they've eliminated the need to have physical locations around the world that store everything and have everything. I mean, if you have 8,000 locations around the world, which might be low, uh, but you need to stock 13 desks, but you only know or you know that's only 700 desks are going to sell in total. You've got 12 additional desks at, you know, thousands of stores and 13 desks, you know, that none of which sold at other stores. And it's taking up space. It's and taking And stuff up gets inventory. damaged
0: with transit and even people oh, looking yeah. at it like on Black Friday. Smaller people are, like items, tearing theft. through
2: stuff. I mean, the whole nine yards and and that business model is is an antiquated one and Amazon's changing the game and it's it's cool they have those physical locations I'd I'd really like to check one out and when I visit Brent I almost definitely want to you know go into the store like that to uh, you know check it out but what I what I found
1: interesting um and I guess I haven't experienced this with Amazon before was that you go in this physical store they actually sold alcohol. I don't know if you noticed that guy, but they had no, I didn't an alcohol see that. section, and the kind of the back corner past the water bottles. Wait, wait, we have um, a sound effect.
0: What? There we go.
1: Yeah, no, they do. They actually have. Um, they sold alcohol, and I was wondering, like I saw it, there was a person there, and I assumed that they were checking IDs, but if they weren't, what's going to stop someone who's a high schooler from walking in? Saying, yeah, I'm definitely born in 1990. Because who really tells your exact age on the internet anyway? Oh, I guess it's it's
0: tied to your um, Amazon account. So you have to have an Amazon account in order to enter one of these stores. If you have a friend, you can go with them. They'll basically scan for you. You go through and then you scan. I would assume that if there's alcohol purchased, number one, it has a picture of you going into the store. So, yeah, that's like, true. That's a pretty easy way to track you down if need be. And then number two is it's tied to your account. So if they all of a sudden see a bunch of alcohol purchased or something, like maybe it'll trigger something. I don't know.
1: But if you say on your Amazon account that you're, you know, maybe a few years older than you actually are. Because so sometimes just put whatever. I'm I'm just, I'm speculating. I'm sure they have place guards.
2: If I may, uh, I've ordered Amazon now um, where you can get something delivered to your house within two hours. And one of the things on Amazon now is booze. So, as an enthusiast, I naturally had to sample the, the <laughs> try it out. So, the uh, Amazon I basic have, beer. I did have an individual uh, come to my house and deliver uh, some product, and before they could sign over the product to me, they did have to check my ID. So, my best guess on a consor- on a controlled substance like that would be. As you I mean, because you did mention there was somebody in the store there to oversee, um, that person would likely have to check your ID for you to walk out. But yes, it is tied to your like, account, yeah. it, which is tied to a credit card and all the other lovely stuff. But you're still going to have to have a, a, an ID check of some variety. I was now, what if
1: a, you're not home though? Well,
2: I, I mean, if like, if I may, for, for the,
0: like the credit card is going to go back to the end because you can't really lie in order to get yourself a credit card. So like absolute worst case scenario, somebody who is underage buys alcohol and somehow they don't get checked. There's like four people in that store, so I would assume that one of them, like if you did start going for alcohol, would check your ID. But in the end, it would come down whoever owns that credit card, because they they know who that is, and you can't lie to get a credit card, as far as I know.
1: So. Well, you I, can put it with a gift card, maybe. What? You could use a gift card.
0: Oh, uh,
1: I'm not sure. A or something like that. I, mean, I think really in order to have that. Amazon
0: Prime, though, you have to have a credit card hooked up to your
1: account. Oh, that's right. You have to do Prime memory to get in. That makes sense. Well, okay. So, Nick, in your case, where they drop off the alcohol, what if you're not home? Like, people work. People do that kind of thing.
2: If there's what no one to sign, sign if there's no one to uh, uh, sign off on it and show a an ID that qualifies, then they return the alcohol. It also could the be, Amazon depending on employee. state.
0: I bet you Wisconsin doesn't check IDs for that.
2: <laughs> that Wisconsin <laughs> definitely doesn't. Yeah, probably. They, probably. they probably just leave 30 racks on every corner of every yeah. street and just say, here you go.
0: I guess you can't just leave alcohol on a porch, even if you know the person's good, because then somebody could just come by and all of a sudden you have underage people drinking.
1: That's yeah.
2: So They drop off regular groceries because I've tried that too uh, as I was sampling the services, quote unquote. Um, The Amazon now folks will do your grocery shopping for you for a premium price. And uh, essentially, they drop off your grocery bags at your front door. And I don't think I needed to sign for those. But... They have house cleaning now.
0: Sorry. What's that? I just saw that yesterday or the day before. Amazon will now come in and clean your house. They have carpet cleaning and they literally have spring cleaning. So you can sign up to have them come into your house and clean your house for you
2: for a fee.
1: Yeah. What a scary world. Amazon's getting a monopoly on all home services. All right. So one last thought I have at least on the Amazon store is how boring would it be to be an employee there? Cause if you're a cashier at a grocery store, like at least you're scanning items and bagging that kind of thing where I, I feel like at the Amazon store, you're pretty much just like standing around most of the time, unless there's some behind the scenes stuff I'm not sure about. But like- Clean up
2: any
1: I have not had the chance to, but the guy that was, well, I did, I stocked, I did uh once in college, but-
2: Kyle, I just, have you ever worked in retail?
1: Uh, the training post at camp.
2: Okay, neither of you have worked in retail. <laughs>
1: No, no, no. I did because I did. Um, I worked at a convenience center on campus. So
2: okay, that's on campus. That doesn't count. That's not real world. I'm sorry. Your college experience does not qualify you for the real world. What do you mean? That was the whole point of the college experience. What's to qualify
0: me to get a job in the real world?
2: Yeah, qualifies you to get a job does not count as real world experience. There's that field on the job application that says three to five years experience. Your college doesn't go towards that because it's not reality. Sorry. <laughs> at any rate, um, as far as the, the right retail here. experience goes, without diving in with all the the spite and fury of uh, you know several years at Home Depot uh, or at least summers, the the employees are going to have m- more than enough to do. The cashier job is a very unique subset, and. Will ultimately uh, be eliminated the same way McDonald's is is eliminating their information. You are not information. Their processes with respect to having cashiers. You you have retail where instead of checking things out, that can be automated via systems. So the only job of the employees then is everything else, which is what the other regular employees do. That's your customer service. That's your stocking. That's your, you know, IT. That's your whatever else it you need people to do. I mean, simple things, cleaning, restocking, organizing, you got time addressing to clean. questions, uh, advertising, whatever you need them to do. Um, there's always more to do to straighten up the store because literally every customer that comes in is going to come in touch the product, move the product, take a few products, you need to then hypothetically replace them all and get everything in order, clean up after the individual. If they had muddy shoes, sweep up after them, avoid slipping hazards. Your raspberries you didn't like, well, if you opened them and they fell all over the floor, it's their job to go <laughs> clean them up. I, mean, yeah, just, but I wonder that if that would charge right. me. If
0: yeah. I just took raspberries and just threw them all over the place, would it charge me for that or only if I walked out? I don't know. No.
1: They probably won't try g
2: for it. if you're ever so if you're ever starving that, my that if funny. I may if you're ever starving my grocery store theory if you're starving and, and have no money to buy food uh grocery stores are very 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 lenient on grape theft if you just go in and sample a few grapes man cannot, grape like. <laughs> man cannot live on grape
1: alone man cannot live on grape alone I was I was thinking in terms of like the people that the like the one guy in the front where his job was literally just be like hey like welcome and just to like hand of stickers watch people walk in and out no, not even like well yeah but like the guy that you looked at and was like oh welcome to walmart like but like wouldn't that be such a it just seems kind of dull to me like i'd want to at least chuck something yeah but out. the
0: moment that buzzer like, goes off you're gonna, gonna be on them. that person
1: Uh, (laughs) what are you doing what are you you stealing
2: oh give me your receipt it's a multi-purpose position you're yes the greeter the welcome to walmart get your shit and get out but you're also security you're also uh directional assistance customer comes in i need milk okay asap i need candy bars okay they're over here i need a new bike tire i need dog shaving
0: cream asap
2: exactly (laughs) but I mean, they're, I they're, there I duct and they tape, serve a as rope, a, a, a blindfold, blindfold
0: and a shovel. <laughs> oh
2: my God. So yeah, they, they serve a We're lot of different purposes. Um, a lot of it is yes, just being friendly and greeting, but stores put a lot of focus on where to put their employees and how they interact with the customers. And yes, the greeter is a, you know, seemingly silly position, but, For people who are looking for specific products or looking for assistance, you always know where someone is, which is incredibly useful. And then, yeah, the idea that they're a security person with no security training whatsoever uh, is is a deterrent, despite them having, again, no training whatsoever.
1: I buy that. I buy that.
0: How How do we feel overall for these automated checkout systems? like even like the Walmart where they had like some of the first ones where you just scan your own items kind of thing. What what do we think?
1: So my thought is this, whatever has the shorter line, which I want to get me out of the store quicker is what I prefer. So sometimes you go and and there's nobody at the automated system. You go for that. I mean, yes, you have to scan your own thing, but it's not that much of an inconvenience and you can get out pretty quickly. However, sometimes that's what everybody has the same idea. And then you see that, you look over, say, hey, that person there is just standing there. I'm going to go to this cashier, get through, in and out. That's how I like it.
0: I agree. Uh, I'm down the same path. If The the self-checkouts I like, especially if you're just like in a hurry and one's open, you just, okay, got my two or three items and I'm done. Like, I'm good to go.
2: Yeah, I... I would say along those same lines, the more self checkouts, the better. The one nuisance that I run into with uh, hardware stores and or your grocery stores is the there's not enough self checkout or one of them's broken down and you're stuck having to wait and you're stuck having to find an associate who is on the one register on the other side of the store and oh, well, that person's got a line of four people, so I have to walk across all of Home Depot to go to the self-checkout or find someone who's available. Um, I understand the whole enter-exit and you want certain people to enter and exit from certain doors, but it's, it's a bit irritating. It's a bit slow. And if more... Self checkout counters will fix that. I am all for it. And ultimately it makes things more efficient as far as staffing. You need an individual employee at every counter for your standard checkout. Whereas if you can have a single person monitoring six, eight, 12 uh, self checkouts, it's it's just a lot better. Now, is society ready for that on a smaller scale? Maybe on a large scale, almost definitely not. Uh, You still have several generations who are not comfortable uh, figuring out how machines work and adapting. You would need it to be as seamless as what you guys have described the Amazon store to be, but the rest of the retail world will not be ready for that in, in the near future. But someday it will.
1: And that's that's what we can hope for. I, I just want to take a brief pause for a little bit of a meta check on us. And we just talked for about 20 plus minutes on like stores. That's impressive. That's, I think some of the magic of this podcast is that we just went down the rabbit hole and started talking about checkout lines at a grocery store. Well,
0: that's the whole point of making the podcast. I think in the first place is we're three friends that like to chit chat. And it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, why don't we just record it?
2: Three best friends just that three ever, friends. ever were. Three All right, put
1: that, you got to put that on the soundboard. That's a, that's a soundboard moment right there.
2: Okay. Yeah, we need a
0: we need a want wah I definitely don't have a want wah We'll make a list, and next time we'll have the new sounds.
2: The new talk about something else. We could have just said. And on another subject. Oh no! No, I'm just. I just had a compliment. We're gonna go from 3D to 4D. We're gonna talk about ourselves while talking about ourselves I within the audience on it. and about Speak, ourselves.
0: If I may, speaking of 4D, I'm actually I just started reading. I just got in with the first chapter. I'm reading the uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's Astrophysics for People in a in a Hurry. For first chapter, it was interesting, but not not that not that gripping. I must say, it's just talking about so. the Big Bang. So we'll see what chapter two brings. But it's a, it's a shorter book. I'm excited for it, but.
2: Either it's a poor book or you're not in a hurry enough is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's
0: it. I'm not in a big enough hurry to learn astrophysics.
1: Or maybe the guy who wrote it is, um, like, it's just a, a, another level. Maybe he was a smart guy and he's not a good writer.
0: Well, I forgot if it's a trillionth or in a millionth of a second of the universe exploding into existence, it was the size of our solar system already.
1: I have a hard time, like wrapping my mind around the big bang it's just there's nothing and an explosion and somehow in an explosion you create things where in every other explosion i've seen it just tears down so
0: for the explosion so actually i i got this from the book this, the book didn't directly say this but in my mind this is what made sense to me is that don't think of like the big bang explosion as an explosion of matter think of it as an explosion of energy and then if you do the whole einstein e equals mc squared energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. Basically, energy can be converted into mass. So if you think about the Big Bang as an explosion explosion of energy instead of matter, it's a lot easier to comprehend what's potentially going on, at least in the first, you know, you know, couple seconds when it initially exploded. Because it's one of those things where you have a bunch of energy and it's being converted into mass as it's expanding out into the universe. And then uh, there's the the quarks, inside the atoms as they're being formed, they're splitting apart. And the farther they split apart, the far, the more energy they actually exert on pushing themselves back together. But when they break out far enough away, all of a sudden just a new quark pair bonds onto them just out of thin air and keeps going. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you're you're literally Mm -hmm. taking energy and just converting it into mass. So I think for me, that little like kind of mini epiphany in my mind made more sense for the big bang is like, it's an explosion of energy into the universe and that energy turns into mass as it goes farther away and is able to calm itself down.
2: Well, it is, isn't the theory or Kyle, you might know this or Brett, maybe uh, the, what was the theory that the universe is still growing or is it, it's shrinking now?
0: Yes, the universe is still growing and you can actually prove that uh, or scientists have proved that by basically taking snapshots of the same star system at all times or at different times throughout history. And so you can actually see that the stars are slowly expanding away. But what's weird is it or always seems. Just moving?
1: What? Or are they just moving? Because things don't stay stationary.
0: Nope. They're all, ex- it's no. expanding. And the way you know, this is because it all appears to be going Realty. away from us. And the reason that it, it it appears that we're the center of the universe from that aspect and everything's going away from us because the universe is so massive that if you actually if you take a random sheet of paper and just put a bunch of dots on it all over the place and then scan it in a scanner but enlarge it like one and a half times or something like that and you put it on one of those like see-through sheets if you line up that see-through sheet any if you match any two dots it'll look like everything's expanding away from that dot no matter which dots you line up so, because the because of the the size of the universe, it always seems yeah. like the universe is going away from us.
2: Yeah, the the thing that yeah yeah this, yeah. this yeah, may uh, well you brought in like a problem. super basic like science experiment or oh, whatever which yeah! works. I, I love the analogy. It 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 works. So all I have is yeah on that. But the thing that for whatever reason helps my brain get wrapped around it, and I'm I'm a firm believer that there's a a limit for what our brain can comprehend of of the universe and what our brains can comprehend of you know how our brains work but the thing that somehow works for me is within the microscope on such a smaller scale the the human body or any other animal one cell is is so complicated and it's it's so delicate in so many ways and it's it's working to survive and it's dealing with different things and that's just one cell of your entire body. And I l- kind of look at that with respect to what is earth in the, in the broader universe. We are one theoretically very, very small part and we have enough understanding or vision to acknowledge that there are other things out there and we cannot be i mean how does one cell within the very tip of your finger fathom what's going on on your big toe like it doesn't care well one it doesn't care but two i mean it's 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 capability of understanding or making that connection even though it's very similar in in a sense uh, is is minimal it's it's limited that cell is never going to find out or never going to be able to make contact outside of me reaching down and touching my toe for whatever reason but if, uh, the concept of, of these single cells being self-contained and, and incredibly complicated and part of something that's so much bigger they can't even begin to comprehend uh, what they are with respect to the human body in the in the larger picture and I look at that with respect to, okay, what is earth? What is our galaxy compared to that larger picture? We don't even know what that larger picture is in entirety. We have a, a, a number of hypotheses and thoughts about it, but I'm, I'm, I stop just because I mean, I enjoy thinking about it, but it gets too complicated too quickly. And I just kind of use that analogy to say, okay, I'm happy to learn about it or listen to what other people's theories and, or or if they even have proven facts, I'm happy to learn about them. But, I kind of punt with respect to saying we are one cell in such a huge, huge organization, and we could all be dead tomorrow, and the rest of the universe wouldn't know, wouldn't care, it wouldn't matter. Um, not that that means life has no meaning. It's more just trying to understand perspective and scale and and what your your focus is. I mean, some people get caught up in in every little thing about their life, and there's a whole big world well, oh, okay, well, we're one world in in an entire galaxy. We're one galaxy in an entire universe. It's just, you know, the, the scale of things is humbling, which is kind of cool.
0: So if I may, two two uh, mind thinkers to kind of based off of that. Number one about the human body, you know, the brain is the only thing that has named itself. That's a pretty deep one to think about. It's mind boggling. Yeah. Um, brain. Brain's the only thing. Second thing I had is that it is impossible to prove to me that everything in the universe, everything we've ever known, all of human history didn't just happen the last five seconds. It's impossible to prove it. For all I know, it was pre-programmed into my brain for me to think that everything had already happened and I'm here right now just came into existence. It's not possible to pr- prove that everything in human history, every you know, since the Big Bang, has all been in the last five seconds.
1: So much work. If we're like constantly being loaded in at every five seconds or a millisecond or whatever, so much work. I, I doubt the universe <laughs> wants to take that much time. So I was thinking Big Bang, just to circle back. Was it, it a pun? I, Please tell me that was an, an intentional pun. But what? Oh, my God. I missed it. But yes, intentional,
2: totally. I, I doubt the universe wants to take that much time. <laughs> it's okay. a time joke. Oh my God. <laughs> you guys are... Oh, I don't have I'm a good a sound bit for that. What? You stumbled into. it. What? It's a time joke. That, that
1: should be a thing. Put that timestamp on. <laughs> time, time. It's all circling back. Anyway, so <laughs> Big Bang. I think I've figured out a way that I can comprehend it. When I turn on my computer... And the monitor turns on. It all just kind of comes in one big burst of of light and energy. Is that the Big Bang? The monitor is being turned on. <laughs>
0: that's your yeah. That's the that's the universe of your computer turning on. And when you turn it back off, you're killing everything at once. You're like a Thanos snap times two.
1: <laughs> I'm two Thanos snaps. <laughs> yeah, you're two but Thanos actually, snaps while pushing the power button. So, question on that because um, it's out long enough that I'm sure everyone's seen the movie. When Thanos snaps his finger, does he like pick how many people that he's taken out? Or is it like one finger snap is automatically half the universe? He, like how He why, chose it. He say? chose
0: it. From what I understand, he chose, I want half the universe to die. He snapped his fingers and it happened. The one weird thing though is that, I, I don't remember it. I'll have to watch it again. But uh, Doctor Strange made the deal or whatever with thanos that's like iron man has to survive or something like that so thanos snapped his fingers but then for sure iron man lives so he had some sort of choice in it so that's kind of a weird thing there
1: yeah i remember that where he's like you have to save yeah yeah that's a good point so if he he didn't didn't
0: quote-unquote edit his snap at all it implies he might have edited other things unintentionally or I don't know.
1: Well, how how sucky would be for Thanos if he's like, all right, I want to wipe out half the universe, snaps his finger, and then he disappears or he dies. Right. Because he was part of the calling. Or is he excluded from this? I, there's so much. You'd think you'd I mean, have movie, to. So oh, so that's like the
0: other thing. is like people were assuming, you know, maybe when he snapped his fingers because he instantly goes and sees Gamora, that like he's one of the people that is technically dead. And so when you see him, or not necessarily dead, but trapped within the soul stone or something. There's a couple different theories. and that, Maybe he still is. Yeah, so maybe he is, quote unquote, dead. And he's in his happy place in that beach or whatever, that jungle hut thing at the end.
1: That would be actually, oh, man, that'd be really interesting. Oh no, have they either of you the...
0: seen Ant-Man and the Wasp?
1: I've not seen that one yet. I want I'm wondering to, if that gives any list.
0: hints or not.
2: I've it seen it.
0: You saw it. Did did it reference the Thanos snap at all?
2: Yeah, it does. Yeah, it explained it. Explained where Ant Man was during the events that took place, as well as where he is currently. Okay. In the in the universe post snap,
1: so he he is referenced. So I, that's actually really interesting that they have already made a movie that's come out after the snap. Well, and they're going to do the Venom,
0: the Venom movies coming out soon, too, and that's in the same universe.
1: I guess he takes over for Spider-Man.
0: Well, yeah, spider Man's not there currently. So, yeah, I guess I'm not sure. Do you think they're going to bring back the universe before the next Avengers movie or in the next Avengers movie? Because there's no way they're killing all those people, right?
1: Yeah, well, I think that's the whole next movie is how they're going to reverse it. And then there'll be, at the end, there's going to be one big cast reunion where they all give each other hugs and take a group photo, and that's how it's going to end. In a super corny, and they're never going to make snappy... more money off of it again. Nope. Nope. They'll have to get new superheroes. <laughs> start well, they'll, over. They'll find new people.
0: Yeah, what do they do? I mean, they got to start over at some point. Like, Batman started over a couple times already. Like, Spider-Man, this is what, the fourth time he started over, whatever. Peter Pan keeps Toby. on starting over. Like, Toby Maguire was the
2: worst Spider-Man ever. He was yeah, the worst Spider-Man, Spider-Man in Spider-Man
0: 3. I think he was okay otherwise.
1: His first two were fine. I will say um Willem Defoe is the redeeming thing of that franchise. Just just having him in that movie. Appleton Native really he brought it. He was a green goblin. He'll he always be.
2: He doesn't like Appleton for the record.
1: I don't care. Whatever. We we can still claim him. He's obviously acting when he said he didn't like it. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's a, yeah, there you
1: go. He's a professional actor. I mean,
0: to me, of Appleton, yeah. I don't, like Harry Houdini. Some people may not know. Uh, he wasn't born in Appleton, but he grew up in Appleton. Like a lot of his childhood was in Appleton. Like that's an interesting dude. And actually, the more I learned about him growing up because everybody kind of learned about him. He wasn't actually like a magician per se, but more of an escape artist. Yeah, I feel like... A lot of his stuff was like David Blaine-esque where it's like he's legitimately holding his breath for that long for this illusion slash escape.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm more of an illusionist maybe, but unlike Willem Dafoe, I believe Houdini actually did like Appleton, so... At least we got that going for us at least I, that's what I've, I've heard yeah i'm
2: not i'm not trying to knock it or say it's bad myself i'm just commenting that you know he may not love that we're claiming him
1: well he gets yeah. claimed anyway yeah where else so is he going to where else is he going to i hope he listens to this and we'll have him on the show willem this is an open invitation open invitation. Anytime. Anytime you want to discuss any of your movies or Appleton, you can trash it all you want. I don't care. We're here for you. We're here for you. <laughs> that, that
0: goes for any famous person.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about whatever. We'll talk to we'll Kim about- Jong. Oh, no, Willem Dafoe or Bus. Only Willem Dafoe. That's
1: going to be <laughs> He's the only that one we want. Be-
2: Sorry, we don't talk to celebrities. Uh, yeah. We. We'll only address celebrities after we've spoken with Mr. DeFoe. <laughs> my goal, my goal for in the next hundred episodes is that we had to get
1: Willem DeFoe on this.
0: Uh, I think it'll take more than a hundred episodes personally, but you never know no. if, if
2: Ellen sees an episode, yeah.
0: if Ellen sees an episode and gets us on Ellen, then, then there's a chance. But un- until that happens, I think we're pretty, uh, Sorry,
2: was that not clear? We're not talking to any celebrities until we talk to William <laughs> <them>. DeFoe. <laughs> <laughs> has to be him first. I think. Defoe I think we, or bust. Like, if we get a breakthrough, somehow it better come through
1: Defoe, otherwise we don't accept it. We need so. like a sick child or something that's going to give us some
2: like nope. feel good. Let, let's good not go with sick game. child. Let's think of something. We need a gimmick here. our resolve. Resolve. Defoe or bust.
0: Hey, Brent, do you have a or note bust. here something about not having a car?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: No, I got in an accident this weekend. It was oh, no. fun, fun. Not cool. I was pulling out of the driveway of our apartment. There was a big SUV that had like tinted windows that was kind of blocking my view. It check. I was I was peeking out to see if it was clear. Spoiler It wasn't clear. It's not clear. It wasn't clear, and it got just the entire silver Corolla is all gone. It's uh oh, no. totaled and towed, and so we're on to the next one. Basically, um, it was. Not injured, thankfully. So, in the grand scheme of things, I feel like I got off pretty lucky, but it does suck. How was to... the other vehicle? Um. Oh yeah, they had like nothing. It was that's, that's just classic how it Scratch. works, it's right? Hot... Like he hits me going really fast. Nothing. I just get like entire front of the car just like popped off. Basically, it's pretty sad. Um, yeah, I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss it, um, and then trying to shop for a new car and figuring out the insurance and all that stuff has been just another like kind of icing on the cake of what I didn't want a to pain do. Pain in the butt. This past weekend, yeah, it's kind of a pain in the butt, uh, but it's an opportunity for us to, you know, it it was gonna happen eventually. Just I'd rather have it happen on our terms than the terms. Yeah, like, right. You deciding, hey, where we're for the next month, let's
0: start looking for cars and get get our car appraised and ready to trade let's, in kind of thing let's
1: plan for it and and be able to turn it in to someone that they can then drive it instead of whatever it's going to happen to it now right who knows i don't want, I don't want to think about it that's another you're it's gonna get like a color. whole
0: 300 bucks for it or something like that from the junkyard
1: well I, I think about it too though and it's just like yeah it stinks that the car is totaled but at the same time if i'm out 3 seconds earlier, you know, it hits me in the window or hits me in the door instead of the front and Oh, was it was it driver side? Yeah, it was driver's Ooh, side. And so it's like yeah. I actually considering that I'm here and not injured, I feel very very lucky and like makes you appreciate that at least. Um Yeah, I so rolled yeah, a, so no,
0: I rolled a car once. That was a good time. Maybe I'll tell us that story sometime
1: yeah i'm i I feel like everyone has to have at least one story about something happening It's just it I mean, that's what they call it an accident. It's like this stuff happens, and it's not like one of those things you ever complain. you can't be like, yeah today I'm gonna go out and get it. yeah a car today's a good day for an accident yeah no it was it's never a good day. it just happens. Nick, do you have any uh car buying advice? anything you recommend?
2: Car buying advice. Wow. Tough one. Nick Nick gives uh, in really easy
0: me. on cars. Don't bring Nick with you. Does he?
1: Yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah, maybe not car buying advice. Nick did get a car that we're not gonna get. So better better question for you. Um I know uh there is an Impreza you know under your garage roof or whatever, whatever they're called in your garage. Um, do you like the Impreza? What do you think do you- about that car?
2: What you what?
1: Don't you have an Impreza? What the imp- isn't it, is it called an Impreza? It's like a Subaru Impreza or a Chevy Impreza or?
2: It's a Subaru. Subaru, yeah. The the no. fiance has a Subaru and I have a Honda. My recommendations would be go with a Subaru or go with a Honda. Either, Either of them or. are incredibly reliable. Either of them are very good values new or used um i would find one that has a rear view camera i would find one that allows you to see around corners in any way shape or form based on your parking situation um outside of that depends on what you need if you're looking for an interior you have a dog that sheds i would stay away from cloth unless you want to be regularly maintaining uh the interior of the car dealing with hair not that it's not doable but it's far more difficult uh with a leather or far more difficult with a cloth than a leather kind of option so uh, yeah either either brand we've had a lot of success with ironically uh, most of the people in minnesota have either a honda or a subaru seemingly I, I don't know why that is but those are probably 60 to 70% of the cars on the road in Minneapolis are, are Subarus and Hondas. I would say Subarus are more popular than Hondas. Um, I'm a Honda guy personally. I My car that I had before the current one, I drove for about 244,000 miles, uh, which is fairly impressive. And then the rims finally gave out. I mean, the engine was fine. It was a great car, but the value wasn't there for me to fix it and continue to, um, make repairs. So I ended up getting rid of it, but, um, you know, 80% of the car was still perfectly good. And I I just wasn't willing to gamble on the continued expense of, of keeping it running as opposed to, uh, turning it in for a down payment on my new car. So yeah, it's something more reliable. Yeah. I don't know if you guys want a, you know, super fuel efficient car that you're going to drive back at some point, or if you Want a giant SUV to haul around all your uh, dogs, kids, puppies, uh, <laughs> birds, ferrets? No whatever, kids yet. Whatever. It is. <laughs>
0: At least nine months.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I also, threw months. in
2: birds, ferrets, and additional dogs. So none of those I'm not yet Trying either. to say I'm not trying to say or suggest anything. I'm simply stating if you want Brent, a lot of space, we know you and your ferrets has a lot of space. Yeah, if you don't true. have the desire for a lot of space go with something compact and fuel efficient but you guys are also super outdoorsy and like to walk and bike everywhere that you can so um, you shouldn't have the need for a car that i wouldn't invest a lot in a car if if you're not passionate about it if it's not a hobby which i don't believe it is uh, get something reliable get something that works and just go from there
1: yeah to to your point too i will say that since the car has gone down. I feel like I'm getting in much better shape um, <laughs> as I run to cross-country practice, and then I run at cross-country practice, and then I run back from cross-country practice. So um, that's, I guess, a positive that's come out of it. Or maybe not. It's hard to say. I'm more so, tired than I usually do. What I would
0: recommend drive. is, yeah, for some reason in Colorado here, every other person drives a Subaru. Like when I was last car shopping, I didn't even look at Subarus, but maybe that would be worth your time looking at, seeing if you like mm-hmm. the way they drive. Uh, otherwise, the Toyotas t- have statistically the lowest maintenance cost over the lifespan of the car—at like five thousand dollars a year on average for like the entire lifespan, even going into the uh, uh, end of life where like everything's breaking on you. So Toyota has the least cost of maintenance, or maybe it's five thousand total for the entire life of the car in maintenance, something like that. That's not bad. And then that's with that's and one. with that. You already had a, a Toyota. You know how they drive. You kind of get it. A lot of times the typical car buying advice is whatever your family has, kind of go with that because that way you have a mechanic, you have a blah, blah, blah. doesn't really mm-hmm. pertain to you as much because you're out in Seattle and your family's in uh, Wisconsin. But the other thing to look at is that the Toyota Camry, the newest one, the 2018 model, which is likely going on sale soon for the 2019 models, uh, the 2018 model Toyota Camry has Autopilot. Standard, I'm pretty sure. So, me personally, if I was buying a newer car right now, at a minimum, it would have the uh, uh, cruise control, the the, the speed match of the car in front of you.
1: Yeah, I do like the speed match. I've driven a few vehicles like that, and I like that a lot, actually.
0: I mean, really, you should just buy a Tesla.
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) there's one right down by our street. That's what I joked about as soon as I was like, hey, it's finally time. We can get the Tesla. But if you get a Tesla before me, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I,
0: I need see. my car to crap out really s- as soon as possible. <laughs> I mean, I still want a good 100,000 miles on it, but it needs to crap out ASAP. So that way I can
1: justify getting a Tesla. you driving to work every day. Yep. That's the key now.
0: I'm going to drive to work twice every day. I'm forget something intentionally.
1: All right. Well, I, have a, I have a quick... I'm changing topic here. I have a quick question for you guys. Because this one's been bugging me all day. Will this be our Uh, closing segment kind of question? It is. It is. And you can keep it... It's kind of a story-ish, but you keep keep it short. So I was asked a question on a job application and was like, what is one time that you broke a rule because it was like a dumb rule or something? Like you... There is a rule that you are like, this isn't worth following. I, I'm i going to break this because it's for the best. It's like more convenient or whatever it is. What is the time that you, you've done that? Do you have, do you have one go. example first? I mean, I have one. I can't be. think of one. I, I, I can't, like, I'm trying. It's so to oh, do it easy for me.
0: Camp,
1: it's a camp thing. So it's a camp job. I'm trying to think of, like, have I ever worked in an organization that has had stupid enough rules that's like breaking it? And I can't think of any off the top of my head. And it's an, easy, me an easy
0: one for camp would be letting the adult leaders do stuff that they theoretically shouldn't, like dunk paddle boats or something. That's like, like for the camp example one. Especially if they're being that's controlled. Good. And then you can explain that away, saying like they're being controlled. There was actually minimal kids in that group. Like, you know, they were being smart about it. They weren't you know, just reckless. You know, you could, oh, you could go into that. Is, that well, that would have been a good example much. of one you could have used in your interview. But, I might. Uh,
1: it's not an interview. It was an application. I might still steal that. So. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one, though. Like, um, it's harmless, but it's also something that is against what you're normally supposed to do. So. I like that. As an
0: RA, I, unless somebody was a complete dick to me, they were blatantly stupid with something or there was no really way for me not to write them up. I pretty much didn't write anybody up. Like you had to be really stupid or be a jerk in order to be written up by me. Like, for example, uh, one time we were going on rounds We're like for those that might not have gone to college or are in the process of going to college, uh, the RAs or another representative of the college typically will go around on rounds uh, at the, in the dorm buildings and uh, see if anybody is – needing help or you know just check the building out make sure nobody's being too loud for their neighbors you know that kind of stuff and vast majority of the time if people are being loud and they're obviously drinking we just knock on their door if they answer right away I am just be like hey can you guys keep it down yep no problem okay see ya like that was all like so often where it's they're obviously drinking but there's nothing like they're very compliant there's like yep whatever and you just walk away like, especially if they turn on the music and they're good. One time I was walking down my own wing on rounds and there was a door wide open and there was beer cans lining the counter. (laughs) And these guys are underage. Like I know they're underage. They're freshmen or sophomores at maximum. And like we go in there, the the door's propped open. And so like we knock and they're just not there. Like nobody's in the room. Like we we check the bathroom. Like nobody's in this room at all. Because it's one of those things where there's two side rooms and a bathroom and a shower room kind of like off the kitchenette area. There's absolutely nobody in the room. So I was like, it okay. Was so like I was on rounds with other people. And I was like, well, I guess we'll have to confront them and write them up later. Like they're just not here. Like what are we supposed to do here? So I find the guys later. I'm like, you idiots. Like if you're going to be drinking, number one, don't leave your door open. And number two, don't put your beer cans out in the open. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are idiots. I go, sorry, sorry, don't sorry. I'm door. like, this is you, this is your freebie. Like, you can't fix stupid. (laughs) If you guys are going to be idiots with it, there's nothing I can do. But like, this is your freebie. Like, don't let it happen again. You're
1: tying my hands here. Yeah. Right. If I have
0: two other people over my shoulder, like, (laughs) anyhow, that, that, that's probably the best one. The second best one is when we busted a room and then one of my friends was there. Uh, It was one of the like girlfriends of the rugby team from the previous year. Uh, And uh, they were like, obviously playing beer pong or something. And they had empty bottles. And I was like, I'm going to assume that you guys are taking these as collectibles. And I'm going to assume that you are just indeed drinking punch. And we're going to throw out the bottles because you're not allowed to have those in in your room. And we'll just move along. Technically, everything I did was per code. But it's one of those things where if you're a dick, you could question more. And I'm sure you'd find something.
1: Oh, yeah. It depends on who's following the code. All right, Nick. Do you have any quick examples?
2: None that really come to mind. I mean, there's been plenty of examples in my life of "do as I say, not as I do," and generally, it's for uh, safety reasons. If you're responsible for someone else, uh, I'd rather I get hurt than you know one of the people I'm responsible for something like that. Um, now, ideally, nobody gets hurt, but if somebody mm-hmm. needs to go um you know climb and get the frisbee out of the tree okay i'll go do it but um no that's the Kyle's examples were were probably far far better but ultimately if if i'm going to break a rule in that situation i i need to understand why the rule was put in place in its entirety and if i understand that and can supersede it because of other logic. circumstances or other situations, or yes, logic. Uh, I have no problem breaking certain rules. Um, maybe that makes me a bad candidate for the job. Maybe it doesn't, but it's it's just a matter of looking through yeah. it, analyzing it and understanding it. Rules are put in place for a reason. If I understand that reason and still decide to make the decision, uh, hopefully I'm smart enough to have made the right decision. But Absolutely. That's my take.
0: Absolutely. Right. Well, that was, if I may, episode 19. Hope everybody enjoyed. Uh, definitely please support us by uh, rate, reviewing, and subscribing on uh, whatever way you're listening to the podcast, whether that be any anything. We have a lot of options. If you go to our website, uh-huh. zarubus.com, it shows all the options.
1: Um, where's the air horn on that? Oh, you yeah. Where's the air horn? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry,
0: sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. There There's the air horn. I got the air horn going.
0: Um, but yeah, uh it, if you want to, Anchor does have an option to donate if you feel that you want to do that. If we do have, have anybody do that, we'll be sending out a free uh, 3D printed something to the random person who decides to donate if you guys want to do that. Um If you want to get in contact with us or have any questions, definitely DM us on Twitter at ZaruBust. And we will see you next time. And I got a special soundboard just for this.
1: I'll be back. <laughs>